Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Look at all my notes. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of research there, mate. Could have written that on the back of a fag pack. <laughs> Benson and Hedges at the bottom. Yeah. They're going to get a call up. <laughs> God, so you're, that's it. you're fresh off the plane from Madrid, Matt. Tell, tell us all about it. Oh boy, <clears throat> it's a great trip. I have to say overall the overall experience of seeing a team in the Champions League final I know it's like quite a negative thing to say oh look where we came from but Mm. when you've seen your team be so mediocre for so many years (laughs) to to be in a Champions League final yeah yeah. did you have that little scratch on your forehead before you went to Madrid no this is actually completely unrelated I was actually (laughs) I was actually um, I was at my brother's wedding last week in Santorini which was really cool and they have like a Greek when you smash plates at Greek weddings tradition and someone threw one and it just missed the floor and hit me crack oh, square in the head blimey yeah. Did it, it, was it like it bleeding like, or yeah. yeah it's like a massive scar so I went to Madrid and everyone was like oh this fan's well hard he's found some scraps already the game hasn't even started <laughs> yeah I flew I flew straight there from, from the wedding and um yeah, it was, it was an amazing atmosphere between mm. fans as well. There was no yeah, I heard there was a lot of sort of bonhomie between the fans. And yeah, yeah, there was no stuff. sort of aggro and yeah, it was it was quite odd. I think I think from Spurs' point of view, everyone was a bit sort of drinking it all in, like a great atmosphere, a great mm. place to be. And then from Liverpool, there was pressure to not lose two in a row mm. and to actually win it this time. Mm. So there was a bit of nerves. I didn't have one drink all day. I was what? so nervous. <laughs> My stomach was inside out. I was so nervous. So much anxiety. That you I probably should have had a drink. Yeah, probably. That would have nice. I just couldn't. It was hot and I just, yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about that in a minute. For now, welcome to the last One Football podcast of the season. I'm Dan Burke. I'm joined today by Matt Froelich. Afternoon. Alex Mott. Hello. And Helga Voltman. Hi. So Liverpool are the champions of Europe and Chelsea are the champions of Europa. What is Europa? <laughs> I, I, I realise while writing this down yesterday, what the hell is Europa? We're going to be recapping both finals today on the show. Uh, we'll start in Madrid, where Liverpool won 2-0 against Spurs. First question, is it fair to say this game was a little bit disappointing as a spectacle? It's a very fair, fair thing to say. I guess. <laughs> in the end, it sort of there, there was a you know quite a few chances for Spurs at the end. And mm. it, you know, stats wise, it probably ended up being a bit of a normal game. But for a lot of the game, it was just pretty terrible. I think wasn't it was it? a mix of the occasion, the early goal, the heat from in, inside the stadium. Apparently, was unbearable. Mac yeah, it was. Oh my! I was sweatier at the end of the game yeah. than the beginning. Um, <laughs> and obviously, ridiculous. the three-week break as well. I think that all added to just mm. a general lack of intensity maybe um, real nerves I think the pass completion rate was Liverpool's lowest of the season mm. it was like 65% which is what Cardiff were averaging over the season so gives you an idea of a sort of how the game went generally but yeah it wasn't great was it we can't remember a, t- a final that bad for a long mm-hmm. long time but Lots of terrible first touches. Yeah. As well, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it says it all when the streaker was probably the most interesting. Is <laughs> yeah. anyone else nostalgic for the time when streakers were like fat men running on the yeah. pitch trying to shake people's hands and not Instagram yeah. models trying to hawk products or whatever she was doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the game got off to the craziest possible start when Liverpool were awarded a penalty after just 23 seconds for a handball against Musa Sissoko. Was it a penalty, Helga? Yeah. I, especially with the rules we have right now like I think we could argue if it should be or anything like if the rules should be like that I mean whatever you want to but in the end like he had the arm out very very far he was in the box he 
completely good against his arm. It's, it will be a penalty next season as well because you know it's like as soon as the arm is like above the above the shoulder, it's gonna be a penalty. Mm. So yeah, I think there's no big question. Any about complaints it. with the decision, no. Matt? Oh, it's high. It's so high. The, the thing is, yeah. it's, so it's harsh. When I watched it, I've actually only just watched the highlights. I think Mane's meant to do it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I would agree. Because that, yeah. so what Sissoko is doing is telling Trippier to go he's down pointing. the line. Yeah, yeah. He's pointing somewhere. Mane's seen the opportunity, a fair play to him. As in the ground when it happened, you know, there's always the one, the one thing is you can always tell by looking at the direction of the ball, like talking about physics, mm. and the ball bounced immediately down. Yeah. And so the only way that could have happened is if it hit his arm and went down. It can't mm. hit your chest and go down like that. So, the, and the guy, the guy sat next to me was complaining and I said look there's VAR there's a million cameras I'd be amazed if they got it that wrong it hit his chest first yeah Yeah. and do you not think there's a like in the spirit of the game it's just I don't know it just seems so wrong it's it's just so Tottenham is what it is it's so Tottenham (laughs) to spend three weeks preparing for a game the biggest game of your life and then less than 30 seconds in give away a penalty we we stood there and just went yeah of course no other club would do that. No, no other bloody club. Would and like do Pochettino that. said afterwards, like your game plan. You spend oh. three weeks preparing for a game, mm. and in thirty seconds, can, your game plan. Can you imagine ended, that so. game if Liverpool were attacking, looking for a goal for yeah. the, for you know for the next eighty-three minutes until Origi scored? It's a completely different match, mm. and it's just ah, oh, it's the frustration <laughs> of it all. I mean, you mentioned the rule change that's coming in next season, Helga, that these yeah. sort of ball to hand, ball to hand basically won't exist anymore. Will it? If it hits your hand, it's a handball. Yeah. Is that going to be a problem, do you think? Or are we going to see more examples of players essentially aiming for people's hands just to get cheap penalties? I think, I think it's going to become a thing, yeah. Like, players have been saying it already that this is probably going to happen as soon as we have these very... Like, like we have seen in the Bundesliga now we had, I think, 33 handballs this season and on average before we had 11.7. Oh, wow. We've tripled them in like in this season. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's just... It's just Unbelievable! The record before was like I don't know twenty five or something, and we just smashed that one as well. But is that going to be you know players just getting used to the new rule? Eventually, players will go in with their arms in. It's just unfortunate that it's happened on like the biggest stage. But on the other hand, can you actually do that? Because we've had this like Dortmund Schalke game where Weigl is going into a tackle. He has his arm out a little bit to keep his balance. He doesn't fall like flat on his face, and then he gets a shot out of one meter against his hand, and it's it's a penalty. Yeah. And like stuff like that is like, like they can't go in with their hands on their back into a tackle. Like it, the the problem is that they've just tried to create a one rule fits all system yeah, yeah. to to leave no black or, to leave no grey area, which is is commendable. Like to try and find the definitive rule, but there just won't be. There yeah. just there can't be. The football is such a random sport, as you said. Someone smashes it from one yard out, and like, sorry, I was born with arms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's nothing you can do, but then if it doesn't get given, so if Sissoko's wasn't given, Liverpool had a right to feel aggrieved. Mm, yeah. And if it was the other way round, Tottenham fans would have been screaming for a penalty yeah, as well. As, so as the rules are right now, it was a clear penalty. It's yeah. not like you know, like this was like a big debate. There, it's just, I mean, you could argue if it should yeah. be or like if the rules should be that way. But it's annoying because he's doing something that's completely unrelated to a footballing action. Yeah. He's not making a tackle. He's just yeah. telling someone else yeah. to go. The foul was pointing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not trying to. <laughs> Like also, sorry for communicating. <laughs> also, I think like the, the rule was back in the day that you should, like, if you like it was meant to be that you don't pick up the ball and run with it, or you just like be like a goalkeeper and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the base. It had to be proper intent. Yeah, and by now it's just like if your arm is out a little bit, like, it's not. The problem is.
is you're, you're, you're yeah. effectively interfering with play with mm. a part of your body that shouldn't. So. Yeah, it's, it's just such a like if you do it by accident. Yeah. I've always said to VAR, it's a shame. And when it goes for you, you love it. And when it doesn't, mm-hmm. you don't. But it's football. Yeah, well, I think Liverpool uh, probably edged the game overall, but there was times when I thought they really looked like they were there for the taking, and we sort of a bit frustrated that Spurs the, the, didn't go for the. This jugular. was it. At, at the end of the game, I wasn't angry. I mean, I was crying, but I wasn't <laughs> angry. I was just frustrated because, and I spoke to a lot of Liverpool fans afterwards. It was one of their worst performances of the season. Oh yeah, without that, they mm. they were so poor that you were like, "This is the one chance you've got to a Champions League final," and your opponent, who has been brilliant wasn't very good and I thought Spurs had you see the possession stats far more the ball dominated the game without doing anything Spurs dominated and then just didn't push in or mm. inject anything into the attack Kane you know Kane was far from fit looked very poor and it's it was it was more frustration because typical Tottenham in the last you know since I've been watching the last two decades would have crumbled mm. one goal in the first minute would have been fallen by half time or Spurs have always been known for having a soft underbelly but to go and you know actually stand up and be counted in the biggest game in the club's history and not actually falter um, yeah it was it was frustrating mm. the took them 80 minutes to shot on goal didn't it and then mm? they had it took them 80 minutes to yeah that was that was the main then, issue yeah. and then they had eight in the final 10 minutes yeah so, why would you pepper yeah. the keeper after 80 yeah. minutes Allison, <laughs> i saw a stat that it was the most saves made by a goalkeeper yeah. in the champions league final yeah, yeah, yeah like, and then they yeah, all came well. so late in the game i will say though he made that fantastic save from ericsson's free kick mm. Son's Son had a two efforts. Lucas Moore had a good effort as well. But and the rest of them, I thought, weren't yeah, good efforts. Yeah. Pot shots weren't. They? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. And Allison wasn't. But as I say, the free kick was fantastic, mm. but he wasn't overly sort of tested. But it does show a big difference. Mm. Keepers crap one year, not the next. <laughs> but I never had the the uh, feeling that that Spurs were going to score. That was I the never issue. Had that. Like, they they had f- the ball, but they were either like not precise enough in mm. passing and like not getting into the box. I thought Harry Winks was brilliant Right again, he moves the ball around, and it shows you just how good Pochettino thinks he is. When he hasn't played in a few months, and he's straight back into the squad for for the, the starting there for the Champions League final. He wasn't fit enough to last the ninety. And then I looked back at the stats and realised that all of his passes were sideways or backwards. <laughs> and then I was like, Ah, okay. It looked like from where I was sitting that he's dominating and he had a really good game, but it wasn't very incisive. Mm. And you know, Kane can't take all the blame because he, he had nothing. Yeah, no a lot service. of people have criticised Pochettino's team selection. Did he? Yeah. Get Wrong, do you think? No, or? this is just stupid. He's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. You, da- look, respect. if you if you if the same thing happens without Kane in the starting lineup, right? You get called an idiot for not playing. You you can't not play. There is not one team. You go through every single team in this position, right? Half fit Salah, of course you start him. Half fit Messi, of course you start him. But he should have taken Kane off earlier. Yeah, he, he should have taken him off. Agreed. Um, he didn't take him off at all. No, no, he didn't. no. He so, should have. Yeah. He should have taken yeah. him off at half. But like, you don't time, not yeah. start your club's best player in the biggest match of the season. Mm. You, you, you're stupid if you say that because if it doesn't happen or if a chance falls to Son or Ali and he scuffs it, you will sit there and go, "Oh, Kane would have bagged." that and like don't get me wrong Kane had a poor game I'm not defending him but uh, yeah Poch is either way he was going to get called out I would have dropped Ali that would have been my yeah, thing Ali hasn't actually I was surprised that Lucas Moura wasn't playing like, like he scored three goals abroad and then also like imagine like if you sit there before the final and just go and tell your player who's brought you there yeah. literally by the way you're not starting like, mm. there must have been a really awkward conversation there I just I, I, I would have liked to see more balance in the Spurs attack I just thought if Son and Mora were out wide it would have cr- created real problems for them instead of having Ali and Ericsson mm. and then Ericsson behind Kane and no Ali 
because Alexander Arnold and Robertson are the, the yeah, best I players. I thought there was a real weakness with Liverpool there, where Alexander Arnold likes to get forward and he doesn't. He struggles Absolutely. to get back sometimes. And I thought Son would really make that a big issue mm. of that, but he didn't at all really until the final sort of five minutes. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just a bit slow going forward and a bit tiring and a bit. Yeah, will not yeah. go down as a classic. As I mean, it's said. easy to say with the benefit of hindsight, but you know, Spurs had that really good period in the last twenty minutes. If you've got Harry Kane coming off the bench in that time, do you not think? True, but then if he's already on the pitch, and it falls to but it's difficult to get used to the pace of a game. Yeah, yeah. true. So, the, the one thing I would have said though is what a lot of people said, a lot of Liverpool friends I've spoken to, if Spurs have scored, we would have won it. Mm. If Spurs had scored in that period of 70, 80 minutes, I fully think the momentum Possibly, would have yeah. taken us to a second or third. Uh, you mentioned Deli Ali there. Mm. What's happened to him? He seems to have really lost his way over the past year or two, doesn't he? There were some interesting quotes from Pochettino a few months ago when he, he had to he had another dip in form this season and said he needs to be challenged. He said, Ali struggles to get himself up for the smaller games. You know, he needs the big games. I think he also needs to be challenged off the pitch. He was brilliant because he had something to prove when he came in. And now, now he can have a stinker and still be in the starting 11. Mm. That's the issue. He needs some real competition, Ali. He needs someone, you know, on his back in training, threatening to take his place so that he steps his game up. Because you can't be that poor all season um, and then still, yeah, and still yeah. be in the team. That's, that's the problem. Yep, he needs a rocket up his backside really, yeah. doesn't he? Uh, one man who perhaps did get a rocket up his backside last summer was Divock Origi, who <laughs> apparently Liverpool were willing to allow to join Huddersfield on a season-long loan. He's now scored a vital goal in the, the Merseyside derby. Yeah, he scored a vital goal in the, well, against Newcastle, yeah. yeah. The semi-final of the Champions League, and now it's essentially the winning goal in the Champions League. I, yeah, you I might read, as well just retire, right? Well, I read he's had three shots in the Champions League mm-hmm. this season and scored three goals. <laughs> wow. He's like a man for the big occasion. It's <laughs> amazing, really. I think it's be interesting summer for him because he's obviously not going to start next season. But Liverpool could get some really big money for him now. Mm. But do they... And I think Klopp is probably a lot more ruthless than he makes out or his public persona makes out. I think Liverpool could get rid of him this this mm. summer. Sort of wave goodbye to a cult hero and... Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting summer, I think. Sort of up to him, isn't it? I yeah. Guess, because Liverpool will probably be quite happy to keep him around as the sort of fourth striker, but does he want that? Does, does he yeah. want And he's only, it's like 25. He's still yeah. quite young, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, and it was a great finish as well. So it yeah, was, yeah. Really really good finish. Finish. Yeah. That late on in the game, yeah, it was superb. Mm. Good. Who else impressed you in the Liverpool shirt on the night? I mean, Van Dyke was quality, wasn't yeah. he? Van Dyke was class. That When Son tried to get round him late on and he just sort of swatted, swatted him aside. On, honestly, I thought he did it. Amazing. Yeah. I thought Son was the guy to dribble past Van Dyke. He did quicker <laughs> and then he just recovered. And then Alisson, yeah, I thought Alisson, he sort of the, the difference between this year and last year with Carrie mm, Singer was just absolutely unbelievable. Mm. And then both fullbacks as well, I thought played really, really well. Yeah. No one was sort of totally outstanding, but it was sort of a real like collective performance mm. from Liverpool. Everyone sort of yeah. did their jobs, and yeah, that early goal sort of killed the game a little bit. And a little bit like Real Madrid have been over the past three years. Mm. They weren't brilliant, but they were better than their yeah, opponents. Yeah, and yeah. it was sort of like, it was a really like mature champion. You could tell It that doesn't matter if you don't play well in the final. No, really? as, long as, as long as you are win. better than the yeah, other team. Yeah. And you can tell that Liverpool had been to a final the previous year, sort of knew what it took. That was exactly it. And yeah. the sort of roles are reversed this year where Spurs were the new teams, you know, rabbit, rabbit in the headlights a little bit. Um, and I think 
this really does seem like the start of something for Liverpool mm. I think I was watching the game with our colleague Phil Costa and he said having Van Dijk in your team's like playing FIFA with a cheat code <laughs> especially that moment with Son like you say and you must have seen that stat this week that no opposition player has completed a dribble past him in any of his last 64 appearances in all competitions yeah it's Mental. amazing and it, you can sort of see why there's a call for him to get the Ballon d'Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I um, think they have to give it to him because he's I mean, been amazing yeah. he has Messi. been and yeah it's sort of and that is the sort of personification of Liverpool's brilliant transfer mm. policy you know they waited six months they paid top top money but they knew who they wanted and he's sort of been the difference really hasn't mm-hmm. he so yeah no, fair play to them yeah that was a lovely moment with Jordan Henderson his dad at the end I thought um, his dad had been suffering from throat cancer I believe he's got the all clear now but they had a, a really passionate hug at the end of the game um, it felt like him lifting that trophy was a pretty big sort of fuck you to the people who criticised him <laughs> me in particular yeah he's had a lot of stick recently. Yeah. Well, a lot of stick since he's joined Liverpool really he I feel like for the first few years he was completely played out of position I think mm. he said that himself he was sort of played as a bit more of a deep line playmaker type mm. destroyer role he's been moved forward a little bit sort of box to box now he's really coming to his own uh, it helps with having someone like Fabinho sort of behind him and Wijnaldum next to him his deficiencies aren't quite so laid bare in that, mm. in that sense but and also it must be really difficult being the Liverpool captain having Steven Gerrard as the man that's come before you to step up like he has done the second half of the season and he's become like a real captain in a team full of leaders he's mm. like their he's their tr- true leader yeah. so yeah amazing for him and yeah that moment at the end was yeah really really lump in the throat stuff is yeah. definitely so Matt now the dust has settled is there a sense of disappointment that Spurs didn't win the Champions League or was it just you know a huge I mean it was a huge achievement just to get to the final it was a huge achievement to get there and yeah as I say on, uh, taking it on the match just looking at the 90 minutes of football it was disappointing not to win whether that was a Premier League match an FA Cup game or a Champions League final you're just disappointed not to win because mm. they get the chance to win um, yeah obviously it hurts but ah, there was there was a sense of formality to it where Liverpool weren't going to lose two in a row and they deserve something from this season you know far more than Spurs did mm. so that's Spurs 20th loss in all competitions yeah, this season exactly, yeah. and I, yeah I saw that and they're club record for yeah. that is 25 mm. losses in a season <laughs> and yeah they still made the next season's Champions League and yeah. this year's Champions League final so it's been such a weird season it's been, yeah. um, and you can only think that they can't lose that many next season can they so no, you wouldn't have amazed, thought so yeah. obviously they need to they need to vastly improve in some mm. areas of the squad obviously Trippier and Ericsson might leave as well so they do need new players in but yeah you can't think that they'll lose 20 again next no. season so yeah I'd, I don't know it's been an odd one I've rung Pochettino's praises all yeah. season I think he's a great manager I'll be interested to see what he does this summer if he's not he needs to be backed and if he's not backed I think he will walk but, but where would he go? Well, that's it. Does he take a break and wait for the Man United job when that comes around in October? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it'll just, yeah, it'd be a very interesting summer, I think. Mm. Daniel Levy has to back him. The thing is, Spurs are at the, the break point exactly at Liverpool were last summer. They were literally one year behind Liverpool. They are the blueprint. They had a bad season last season, finished fourth, right? They had a shocking Champions League final. And they could see where the weak spots were. So they went out, they spent the money, they did something about it. And a year later, they won it. Yeah. Spurs need to do the same, mm. the exact same. Invest where you know the poor players were, 
and it could be you in a year time in, in, in Istanbul mm-hmm. and also like, and obviously it would have been great for Spurs to win the Champions League as a Spurs mm. fan but you'll always have the Dortmund game when you battered them at home you'll always have Ajax you'll always have yeah of course know, for the memories those of memories. the season yeah, yeah. so it's been amazing you've got to enjoy the journey sometimes. yeah exactly. yeah of course it's been yeah. it's been unbelievable you know and I still look back to that night in, in Amsterdam and God, yeah, it's ridiculous. My shirt's still not clean from that night. I've watched it like four <laughs> times since. It's disappointment as you would in losing any game and obviously a bit more in the Champions League final, but yeah, still super proud. As I said, when they came over and clapped at the end and everyone started singing some Spurs songs, I was I was bawling my eyes out. My dad was hugging me, but I had that trophy to lift. <laughs> uh, how do Liverpool improve on this season then? Where, who, where do they need to strengthen, would you say? I think they probably need a fourth striker. Mm. I don't think... Yeah, like I said, Origi might leave. I don't think Sturridge is probably good enough anymore. Mm. Um, and then, apart from that, midfield well, still a little may, weak, maybe it, midfield. Say, yeah. Another centre back, probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, Matip but Matic's played him. very well. Yeah, this actually, season, he was my surprise player of the of the finalist. One, like if you go, like, yeah, he was really, really solid. I thought he was better than Van Dijk in the final. <laughs> putting it out there. Yeah, no, I honestly he, thought Matic was better. Good all season. Yeah, but he, they need a third one because Lovren is Lovren's getting a little. But Gomez to come back. Gomez is superb. But you still think with Liverpool as well. If you know, I'm pretty sure Van Dijk played more or less every game this season, didn't he? If he gets injured. For yeah, two months, this, next this season, was the thing. Team, the yeah. same thing happened with the front three. But yeah, exactly. I don't think yeah. any of them. Uh, Salam yeah. played every single Premier League game. I think. I think. But Firmino was out for for a while, and you know, and Origi came in, mm. and then Shakiri. They can sort of make it a bit yeah. more, a triangle in midfield. I mean, they only really need to bring in one or two, don't they? Yeah. And if they don't, it's not the end of the world. Mm. They're, and they're they're all yeah. like a very good age. They've got leaders. They've got a great manager. Mm. Next season, it's more like, like two, two two transfers, like one and attack, yeah. one yeah. just get like a fourth centre back. Then we have like because I wouldn't start a season with only three really 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 good centre backs. So yeah. like, it's the one place I think where they. Could I, I think they um yeah we saw it during what was it, what game was it the FA Cup against Wolves yeah mm. when they started with a, a kid and Fabinho in centre back, but I, I think with them it will depend on the who's out as you said if no one touches the squad. They'd probably be okay heading into next season, but as I say if Sturridge leaves, if Farigi leaves, if Shakiri goes, Lovren maybe past it, then yeah, they may need one yeah, or two more depth, don't they? Yeah. So the big question, I'll come to you first with this one, Helga. Does winning the Champions League officially make Liverpool the best team in Europe? I think the one of the two best. Like, like if you look at the squads and the age, as, as Alex has said already. There's Manchester City and and them that's right now at the top. I would say like when you look at the players and the and the coaches and everything. Uh, I, yeah, I think next year is gonna be like either one of those two or like a surprise kind of thing or like someone who's. I mean, not saying that like Barcelona or anyone is, is bad, but they're having an aging squad by now. Like if you look at mm. them, like Real Madrid has like so many players over thirty. Barcelona has mm. that. Juventus as well, but kind of like. Traditionally, but you know, still there's, there's yeah. that sentence about like if you look at those two teams, those are the ones that are clear favourites next year, and then would be surprised. I would say win. winning the Champions League doesn't make you the best team in Europe, no, as we've seen with Real Madrid over the previous mm-hmm. three seasons. But I think Liverpool are the best team in yeah. Europe, yeah, because if Spurs has won it, they're definitely yeah. not the best team in Europe, <laughs> but they didn't win the domestic league. No, they didn't, but they did get 97 points. Well, they, they didn't lost. win the league, though, did they? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, it's okay. It, you could flip a coin and it's between Liverpool and Man City, I think, yeah. Yeah. at the moment. It's, it really is. You so know. it's funny, both finalists didn't win their group either. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Liverpool league. lost four games in the yeah. Champions League this year. In wow. So, you know. I think that's less than Spurs. I mean, more than Spurs. No, uh, Spurs lost five. Only AEK five. Athens lost more games than Tottenham in the Champions League. <laughs> <season. laughs> wow. <laughs> where sorry, are AEK? Nowhere. <laughs> what, a comp- what a fraud competition. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, speaking of fraud competitions, uh, we also saw the Europa League final last week, almost a week ago in Baku. Chelsea won 4-1, uh, uh, victory over Arsenal. This was also a pretty terrible game, wasn't it? I mean, it livened up with the goals in the second half, but that first half was probably one of the first, the worst first halves of football I've seen this season. Yeah, it was atrocious. Just the whole, the whole occasion, the sort of just everything about it was. It had a real tin pot, international it? champions cup vibe. <laughs> yeah. to it. You know, there was about forty people in the stadium. Yeah. No one really seemed bothered. It was just yeah, yeah, and the pitch looked terrible. Just, yeah. I don't know that the whole spectacle just looked awful. But yeah, like you say, once Giroud got that first goal, great header as well, and a really good cross from Emerson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chelsea looked different, different level above Arsenal. I thought they yeah. looked like they were the third best team in the Premier League. The mm. way they played, and Arsenal really struggled. Eden Hazard turned it on in his supposedly last game. We'll yeah. see, but um, yeah, they thoroughly deserved to win. Chelsea, I thought, absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. What do you make of UEFA's decision to stage the final in Baku? Now it's over and done with. Helga, can you see any sort of mitigating circumstances why it might have been a good decision? No. You know, do, do you not think <laughs> Azerbaijani people deserve? to be treated with the same kind of uh, respect as other European I mean, nations. I, I don't think it's about the people, but if you have, like, when we heard, like, you have an airport that cannot bring in all the fans that mm. need to be brought in. If you have, like, if, you, if you're not having the, the this, like, infrastructure to actually pull it off, then you should not really be doing it, like, especially if it's so far out. Because... Mm. Like, so hard to get there. Like you saw, basically the final was taken away from the fans. Like, it's how has like how is it that Arsenal and and Chelsea are sending tickets back? You know, like yeah, two of the most well mm. best supported clubs in Europe are yeah. taking tickets mm. back. They can't let people up. in for free in the end, weren't they? Apparently, and also how it's absolutely disgraceful that one of Arsenal's better players felt he couldn't travel for his own mm. personal safety. Yeah. I think I honestly think that should they have boycotted the final? Well, yeah, I did they boycott the final? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well I think they probably should have and I think Chelsea should have backed them up on it but mm-hmm. obviously that's never going to happen but I just I wonder what sort of legal case Arsenal have that they feel that one of their better players couldn't go mm. and they lost the game they could argue because of that I just yeah. I know it's an interesting situation and UEFA haven't helped themselves in the way that they've sort of come out and tried to say you know, basically, they didn't count on two of the biggest clubs in Europe mm. being in the Europa League final, did they? And it's been a perfect storm of just nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and also Baku have got games at Euro twenty twenty now. So I'll be, I wonder if that will have a whether yeah. there'll be a sort of blowback. Was on it you that were telling well. me the other day that the taxi drivers were pretending they didn't know where the stadium was or yeah. something? There was reports of that that they were sort of taking people around the houses and <laughs> yeah. stuff like yeah. that, doubling prices. And, yeah. yeah. What an absolute shambles. Um, I thought Arsenal were probably the better team in the first half. Do you think they should have had a penalty for that uh, challenge on Lacazette from um, Kepa, if you remember that one? It was a long time ago now, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't think... I remember there was a lot of yeah, appeals in the pub for it where yeah, I was. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I just... But you say Arsenal were the better team. It's sort of... 
It's all relative. Tallest walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were the less worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it could have probably given it, but on the other hand, it, I think it might have looked worse in the replay than it was like in, in like when you actually saw it live. Because I don't know how hard he actually hit him. Mm. I always think that things look worse in slow motion on the mm. VAR thing. Yeah, they, they always look worse. So yeah. I mean, it probably could have, and nobody really could have complained. It's one of those decisions where I think VARs, mm. like it's, it's only supposed to be used when it is a clear mistake or mm. error by the by the referee. And there, I think you could maybe kind of flip a coin and just be yeah. right on both sides, and then VAR. There's not really been much, be, much complaint afterwards no. about it being a game. So I, w- I only know about it because I watched the highlights again yeah, yesterday yeah. while I was, was writing the questions. Um, you know, three Chelsea goals in 22nd half minutes sort of killed the, the game dead. Where do you think it all fell apart for Arsenal? Is it just a case of them having a bit of a soft underbelly in these situations? I think so, yeah. And also I think Chelsea have probably the third, fourth, maybe fifth best player in the world in Eden Hazard, who turned up and Giroud was, I thought, was superb against up against Koscielny. That was a lovely goal, the one-two between Giroud yeah, and Hazard. Was yeah, oh, brilliant. And yeah, I just, ultimately I think Chelsea's big players turned out whereas Arsenal didn't mm. I mean did Mesut Ozil touch the ball in the 70 <laughs> yeah. minutes he was on the pitch I'm not sure he did to be honest mm. so yeah and fair play to Sarri as well you know it's the way he was looking at his medal after the game mm. um, first medal of his career yeah and he's had a sort of the Chelsea fans have got on his back and a lot of people have got on his back over the past year but Champions League finish a European medal mm. you can't really ask yeah. much more than that can you so, and a final as well yeah. there's a lot of talk that he's going to be the next Juventus manager um, reports necessarily saying that he's got an agreement with them now if you were him do you think you just oh think, absolutely oh, this, uh, yeah. I'm going, I'm going 100%, home 100% I think yeah. isn't it in, so personally for him it's interesting with the whole Napoli sort of angle mm. they obviously really don't like Juventus mm. so but in terms of his career I mean Juventus are one of the best clubs in Europe so you couldn't you can't really turn it down it's it'll be and from Juventus perspective it'll be interesting that Sarri is sort of very wedded to a certain way of playing Juventus have been used to Allegri who's sort of who's not who's very pragmatic and mm. just plays to win games so that how that will work over the first few months of the season I think that'll be very interesting. But then I guess he did it at Chelsea at the start. You know, came from Conte to Sarri. It was yeah. from one one way of playing to the other, and that I think they didn't they win their first like twelve games or something. Yeah. Broke a record. So yeah. So I don't know. It'd be yeah. It's a great move for him. And yeah. yeah. Why? Why wouldn't? Why would you turn it down? Yeah. Why I mean, there's been this talk about Juventus going for Guardiola as well. I don't think that's going to happen no, this summer. But if you're not going to get Guardiola, him, they might have asked him. But yeah. They, just to see if maybe there's a chance but he said it so many times by now like I'm not leaving I'm not stop asking yeah. me I'm not leaving <laughs> it's okay. been great for Juventus' share price though by all yeah, accounts hasn't sure it, it has. all this yeah. speculation but you know if you're not going to get Guardiola Sarri is probably the next best option available available yeah. yeah I mean unless Pochettino is available um, but I mean and Sarri's proved himself in Italy he's the one that ran Juventus closest the year before mm. no last year um, so yeah I think it's a great move for Sarri so mm. yeah he's got to take it if he gets off of it so let's say he does go who would you get to replace him Matt at, at Chelsea? Chelsea yeah I think it looks like Max Allegri in the in the, the managerial roundabout oh, really but why would Allegri go there if he have got a transfer ban 
Yeah, I think that as well. But I think it's a it's a good chance for um, for a coach to kind of prove their coaching worth, if mm. you get what I mean, rather than just being seen as a money manager. Yeah. And the, Allegri wasn't necessarily that in Juventus. They're richer than every other Italian club. But if you take away Ronaldo, they're not known for crazy yeah, big go, signings. Yeah, they like a free, don't they? Yeah, you yeah, they, so. they love a free transfer. <laughs> um, and a cheaper deal. And I guess, I don't know, I guess it's the opportunity to work with some, you know, some really big players. It would be a shame for the income manager when Hazard leaves. Mm. But you've still got some great players to work with, some good young players, and I think on a financial basis as well. Once the transfer ban's lifting next summer, um, and from a manager's point of view, you're going to get paid loads anyway mm. by Abramovich. Yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah, I agree. They should absolutely 100% go for Allegri. Yeah. I wonder whether he'll accept it, and I think they might end up getting Frank Lampard. Yeah, Frank Lampard. And it'll yeah. be... The, 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 one, the one thing is that you've, you can go there with an excuse already. Yeah, you if can you're still Allegri. have a free hit. You can have a free season, year, and so. when Abramovich calls you into his office, you can say... Transfer ban, not my, not my fault. Yeah. But I don't know if that's being accepted by by the club. I, I, you know, like you have a good excuse even like leaving it, and mm. then be like, yeah, like, there's nothing I could do. You know, Hazard left, and you know we couldn't buy yeah. any players. But on the other hand, if they are like fifth or sixth, like shortly before the end of the season, like and they might still Qu- questions will be asked. Yes, but it'd be very difficult to get around. From basically, he, you've got the ultimate sort of back up in your arsenal by saying hey I couldn't sign anybody yeah. and I'm sure they talk about that during the mm. contract as well and but also they might be in like press being like yeah, but Pochettino couldn't buy anybody it's not that he couldn't he just didn't want anyone he's going to find one that fits yeah no but you know like he didn't yeah. sign anybody like when he improved the team or like he managed to yeah. get to you know well it is used the excuse for our port form in the league mm. but it's used as like a saving grace for the final <laughs> like yeah, but I don't know. I don't think he would. I think he just waits it out and it goes for. The problem is, where else do you go? Worst thing, you just wait a year and then you, yeah, you take over Chelsea when, when when it didn't work out with the Lampard. You know? Yeah, true. I <laughs> think he would. Bit of chat in the press this morning about Javi Gracia going to Chelsea. Possibly, do you think that would be a good good appointment? Of the, if you're going to go best of the rest, why don't you, they should go for Nuno? Mm. I think there was he was in the frame at right. one stage as I well. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Javi Gracia's done well at Watford this year, but I don't know. No. Yeah. I don't know. It, I'm trying to think like of the last the last time someone bought up a manager like that from one of the lower teams in the league. Mm. Well, it's apart Pochettino, from, apart from probably, Pochettino. from Southampton. But, but, yeah. David Moyes. But he'd, and that Pochettino was at Southampton for a couple of years, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he'd at least, yeah. But again, in Spurs at that time were... Were a different club to yeah, watch. Far from, yeah, far from... Yeah. Mm but Moyes ruined it <laughs> and like, I can't think of any of the managers that would go in and rival Guardiola or you know the likes of the big big managers mm. in the league Klopp there's no Guardiola Klopp or Pochettino in the rest of the division no Javi Gracia isn't yeah, that is he's, he's, he's not a bad manager yeah, but he's no. not that yeah uh, going back to the, the final where do you think that leaves Arsenal at the end of their first season under Unai Emery the, you know? I think this is a really interesting one because Look, as a Spurs fan, you know, never enjoy Arsenal seeing being successful. I feel like they lost ground at such an unfortunate time. Because they complained about Wenger just getting them top four every season. And now they got what they wanted and now they're fifth. <laughs> so <laughs> you've always taken a massive step back. However, 
this is also because Spurs, despite you know being poor at the end of the season, have made huge strides in the last few years. Liverpool and City are miles away from anyone, not even in the same league, to mm. be honest. So they're they're fighting for a fourth spot in what would have in the Wenger years been almost a given. They weren't they aren't used to so much competition, and Wenger struggled with it in the last few seasons. Mm. So yeah, it's, I think it's quite a harsh run on them. Um, they can still improve with some big signings. Well, the, the sort of the way Emery's come in and changed mm. their mentality, like especially away games against the big teams. They, I think, they won like one in four years under in Wenger's mm. last last four seasons. That but they've played really well against big clubs, yeah. like bar Liverpool over Christmas. Yeah, of course, yeah. But they've done pretty well. But it was the games like Brighton at the end of the season, Palace, where they were just drawing stupid games yeah, and they were dropping points, ones, and yeah. especially in a year where. Chelsea would drop points Tottenham dropped a few dropped, uh, lost a lot of games towards the end of the season it was those games where they had to they but, have to get something and you can see that Emery's a good manager though yeah. all his titles prove it and I think with more Emery players and signings it'd be great he's actually been quite bold I think by ridding the squad of some of the weaker mm. men, mental players and some of the, the Wenger sort of hangovers I think he's been strong but the problem with not winning the Europa League is they're not in the Champions League they're not going to yeah. have Champions League money anymore so I, th- I read a, I think it might have been in the Financial Times that they're they're going to have 50 million transfer budget this summer really? which is nothing is it? Peanuts isn't yeah. it? But, 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 but that's the problem when the team like United drops out of the top four they can still throw around Champions League money yeah. mm. that's the difference and, and even though they finish fifth and United finish sixth Arsenal still are the sixth most attractive team to join in the Premier League well, you which just causes have to be an smart. issue you just have to be smarter yeah. don't you and since um, oh, the German the Mislintat te- yeah Mislintat left they haven't got that sporting director to sort of look mm. all over Europe and sort of see those be clever smarter. buys so yeah it's going to be very very interesting because the problem is as soon as a big club comes in straight away yeah Champions League football I'll take it this is the problem that Spurs had for years I know about it mm. Especially with Chelsea, the amount of team, the amount of players that Spurs could have signed, and Chelsea just went. Oop, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm awesome. surprised that you're appraised love Emery. Actually, I think he's been terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... I think maybe he deserves a bit more time. But I just yeah, I could, he does. You know, I'd, when, when they appoint, I thought they should have got Mikel Arteta last summer. Yeah, I thought start from scratch, start a project from scratch with someone brand new who's got new ideas to bring to the table. You know what you're going to get with Emery. You know, you've watched him for Sevilla, you've watched him at PSG. He's an average coach, I think. And he's, uh, getting, he's got average results yeah. this season. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, maybe you, yeah, you can judge him this time next year, but yeah. then if he doesn't get Champions League football again this time next year, you sort of... I actually, I don't know, I talked to, I talked to Lewis about it, we were watching it together in, in a bar, and afterwards we talked, and to me he was, I think he was probably a good appointment for the first year after Venga, because mm. he's someone who, I think he gets... Like out of the team, what you can get out of it, kind of. Yeah, compared him to Dieter Hacking in, in in Bundesliga, he'll always like if the team can be between fifth and seventh, he's gonna get you mm. somewhere there. But he's never gonna be the one who's gonna develop the team into then like, oh, now yeah. we're gonna challenge for the first spot or like like for the championship or whatever. Like if the team is not there for it, he's not gonna develop into that way. And I think maybe it was good for a year so we could like because you've seen it at other clubs like at United like when when a, play, uh, a manager leaves after such a long time it's it's tough to take it over it's tough to yeah. to actually like, you need an experienced person to actually manage that and I think it was maybe like a good year to okay we've 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 kept the level that we that we were at and now we can like as Wenger is like not forgotten but like a little bit less present at, at the club. You can maybe move on with a with a new younger or like a coach that develops. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the thing. You couldn't you couldn't sack Wenger, or bring in a nobody, mm. and not to, not saying that Arteta's a nobody, but in terms of 
coaching his coaching CV the, the fans have demanded someone massive to take over Wenger I think they could have gone for Arteta because they were in a transitional period anyway but Arsenal were just worried about slipping further and further away from the top four which they didn't they were a point off Spurs mm. so if they're well, going to it's one of the worst top four races in <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 yeah you're not they could have been further away in any away. other season they probably would have finished about eighth yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. but yeah if they're going to accept a transitional period they're going to have to say right I mean, the chances are they're not falling out of the top six. No one in the top six is falling out, regardless of how poor a season you have. So they might say, we'll bring in Arteta, he'll put in his own style of play, and for the next few seasons, we'll have to deal with Europa League. Mm. Well, it looks like Eden Hazard signed off uh, for Chelsea in that Europa League final mm. with two goals. Um, he's almost certainly going to Real Madrid, we think, don't yeah. we? Do you think that's the yeah. right move for him? And do you think he alone could be the man to get them back on track? I think he... <laughs> He deserves his big move. He's yeah. been, been, I'd say, one of the Premier League's best ever players. The way he's, mm. he's been there for seven years, and he's almost single-handedly won Chelsea titles at certain points. I think he's a big game player, and he's stayed at Chelsea when he could have left before. Um, and yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll do really, really well in in Spain. I'm not. I don't know whether if I was Real Madrid if I'd be paying 120 million when he's got a year left on his contract mm-hmm. but it's all relative isn't it for Real Madrid yeah. I suppose but yeah I think he'll be brilliant I'd, I've actually just news just in uh, Real Madrid have signed Luka Jovic officially really? yeah oh really? Um, oh, wow. so a Hazard linking up with Jovic could be quite exciting so give us the deets about that then What's... Uh, he's just signed a five year contract um, I think they paid his release clause which is 60 million yeah. so um, release clause does he not no but no. it was 60 million it's about what okay. was being talked about uh, Frankfurt had the release clause from Benfica oh, sorry. to sign him in okay. the loan deal yeah I'm yeah. just reading it now yeah it's a five year contract so um, yeah I think that would be really really exciting to see Hazard mm. and Jovic I, I, I think because Hazard by himself isn't that Ronaldo figure mm. no, not many people are but the point is Ronaldo could drag teams with his goals and with his overall ability whereas Hazard I can't see Hazard hitting Ronaldo numbers no but he doesn't yeah. need to does yeah he? but this yeah. is what I mean if 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 he has a goal scorer which yeah. he does now in Jovic yeah as a pair I don't think Hazard could have done it himself mm. for Real Madrid that's a that's a big ask no they just now need as well someone in midfield I think yeah. like someone who's scoring more goals than like Modric scores yeah absolutely and, the, that's the big problem we have someone up front scores 50 goals it's fine to have a midfield that is more of an uh, assisting supporting yeah uh, character, but if you don't have that figure anymore, you need someone like random example like like Pogba that scores mm. like 10, 15 goals as well from midfield. So to you chip can in, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think between Hazard and Jovic, they should be aiming for 50 between them. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, before yeah, you fine. had Ronaldo and Benzema, maybe with like 10, 15. Yeah. So you're still yeah. missing those 10, True, 15 yeah. goals. So that's Definitely the stuff. Replacing like Ronaldo is not <laughs> the easiest task. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, there has to be yeah. more goals from midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Well. That's, the, that's the next. But Barcelona yeah, will face that issue as well. Once Messi goes, they'll have to do it as a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to struggle, aren't they? Yeah. Well, there endeth the club football season, but thankfully the football doesn't stop there. As this week, we've got the Nations League finals, the UEFA Nations League finals, should I say, with Portugal taking on Switzerland and England facing Netherlands. Is it coming home, Alex? <laughs> Is football coming home? Is the Nations League coming home? Um, <laughs> I'm quietly confident. I'm not sure how fresh a lot of the England squad are going to be mm. I think I saw 
Oh, well, Netherlands, I suppose. I did see that Van Dyke said he'd had like two hours sleep over, over three days <laughs> and is now oh. joining up with the Holland squad for the game on Thursday. So that'll be interesting. It always surprises me, actually, how the professionalism just completely goes out the window. When, I mean, I totally understand that I respect <laughs> yeah. it and I, and I would do the same, but like they just get leathered all of a sudden, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess when you don't for the whole season, then you yeah. win a trophy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Spurs players were getting leathered. <laughs> but I think that England-Netherlands game is going to be really, really exciting. And you sort of look at that Dutch midfield now with De Jong, mm. Wijnaldum, Streetman in there as well um, against Henderson. I don't know, would maybe die if he plays? There's about uh, seven or eight players from the Champions League final yeah. who are going to play in that match. Mm. Was it Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. So it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Well, like Coleman said that he's not sure if Van Dijk and Wijnaldum will play against yeah. England, but he wants them to. So they probably will, I would have thought. I, yeah. I'm guessing they will. Yeah, yeah I um, think it will probably affect them more than England, would you say? The probably. Players? Yeah, I think we've. England have probably got a bit more depth in the squad. Mm. I'll be interested oh, yeah, to see if yeah. Kane starts after after Saturday. I'm, I think I read today that he's telling Southgate that he is fit, but but when you've got Rashford, Sterling, Sancho as a potential yeah. front three, I'm not mm. sure if you know, half fit Kane is going no to fit in there. Well, what's funny about this is I think that out of the four teams, Netherlands is the hardest game. Mm. Technically, I think if yeah. you were to win that. The final would then be easier against Switzerland or Portugal. Well, my next question was going to be, could Portugal perhaps be the, the dark horses of this tournament? Well, it's on home soil, on isn't home it? Which soil. always helps, I suppose. Cristiano Ronaldo's back. back. Bernardo Silva's had a great season. And then Joao Felix. Joao Felix, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah he's he's played for Portugal. I don't think he's made his senior debut yet. I think this is but his he's in the squad. Oh, OK, um, there we go. So they've got quite an interesting forward mm. line. Now. You know, before they used to have Ronaldo as like their sole attacking presence and Nani maybe as a support. Mm. But now they've got some like real talent. Is Charisma still in the squad? Uh, I think he might be in the Quite squad possibly. but I'd, yeah he obviously Love won't him. start um, but yeah Portugal they look pretty good I think they'll be too much for Switzerland and then yeah but I don't think they're as good as Holland or England no so yeah it's, it's yeah it should be interesting it's, uh, it's a sort of good yeah it's sort of a nice way to end the end the season yeah I mean there's a lot of um, it got a lot of criticism the Nations League earlier in the season didn't it but I think people have really warmed to it, now. it, it yeah, it's one of those though if you're you know it's especially a, a keyboard warrior fan <laughs> which, if people are. which people are <laughs> if England don't win it it's well you couldn't even win the UEFA Nations League and if you do it's yeah calm down it's only the UEFA Nations League <laughs> yeah. Kane was speaking about the other day saying you know he and obviously for the whole team these guys have got a chance to win a major trophy for England for the first time in you know 53 years mm. it should be it should mm. be top priority mm. you know and especially it sounds a bit stupid but especially when it's such a small tournament and all you have to do is win two games mm-hmm. you don't have to go through what's the World Cup seven you don't have to go through a long season you can have your hands on an international trophy within two matches yeah. so you've every right to go for it and it's try it's the community shield of international football isn't it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah true that is a one game trophy should not count <laughs> or the away for Super Cup as well although technically that's the culmination of the previous season that's right yeah yeah so, so the uh, Chelsea Chelsea Liverpool mm. in August is the uh, is the culmination one. yeah yeah uh, we've also got a whole host of Euro 2020 qualifiers coming up this week. Germany played Belarus and Estonia, but uh, Yogi Love won't be there. Willie Helga, why is that? No, he won't. Uh, he had an accident lifting weights. <laughs> 
he had it like uh, lift, he was lifting weights and then it fell on his chest and then like an artery was kind he of was like, lifting weights and he had a sudden urge to scratch his arse <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in a hospital for five days but he's out now he's doing better he just can't attend the games so mm. he's, he's talking on the phone with the other coaches and like instructing them on what he wants like then the players like he wants to play and, and all that all yeah. that so in the end nothing too grave just more like a mm. little scare. do you reckon like Muller or Hummels have phoned up the other coaches pretending to be <laughs> yeah. him yeah. Yeah. Hummels <laughs> actually I, like, that's the thing like I, what I didn't understand about like, like kicking out these players yeah. like, Hummels has been great in the last half year like now you could actually maybe even think about calling him back and now he's just closed that door forever <laughs> yeah I, I think the problem is there's a lot of um the media bias goes behind it. When everyone's saying kick Hummels out, he the, the guy could have done absolutely everything, right? Win the double like he was at the end of the season and people still wouldn't want them out. But we said that at the time. I remember being in the podcast yeah, with you at the time. We were like, why have they made this so final? Yeah, like, yeah. it's the, just like, just been like, yeah. Just oh, say you're way, out. By the way, you're not good enough right now. Like, I'm just going to leave you out for a while. And then if you improve, they... I reckon he wanted to make a statement to say, I'm thinking about the future. Because otherwise he would have looked like a dinosaur aging with the squad as well. And the DFB might have got rid of him altogether. Yeah, but I mean, Hummels is like 30, 31. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'd <laughs> still have him, him in the, him. Who was it? Him, Muller and... Yeah, Boateng. Boateng, yeah. yeah. I'd still have them in the squad. You'd be uh, stupid Boateng, not to. no. Like, Boateng is not in really? good shape right now. Nah. Like, Every but, other team would take Hummels and Muller in their squad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we have other players. I, I mean, Miller right now, like, it's, they don't need to put him, but what if he scores 25 goals next year? Yeah. Why would you not call him up? Like, yeah. like, if he, if he's you don't good have to enough, draw a line on yeah, these things necessarily. It's very unnecessary yeah. to yeah. just be like, no. But either way, like, yeah, the qualifiers, woo, we're but all very... Generally speaking, I mean, it's, it's almost a year since Germany's disappointing World Cup last year. Are you feeling more optimistic about the, the national team? Sort well, of future of the national we team? We have some weird games. So, like, the, the, the ones against uh, Netherlands were... Like the first half was really, really good, and then the second was really, really bad. Like we could have easily lost if they, yeah. they wouldn't have scored in the last like 15 minutes before the end, I think, or like five even. I don't know. Um, I think in general there's there's interesting players that that are now getting a chance. I think an attack with Werner, uh, Gnabry, and Zane. It's, it's just it's it's fun thing to have there. Like like fast players. Like and also they're kind of going back to the way they played. I think. At the World Cup 2010, more like where it's like, hey, let's like defend, like compact, and then we just try to go on the counter attack and just really overwhelm them with the speed. Mm-hmm. They have the players for it. They have like, in close. They have the one that can play the passes. They have interesting players up front. So yeah, I think it's it's generally it's still a very decent team. Mm-hmm. It's just okay finding the the new formula kind of. I'm glad Sano is going to get a game. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon any of the Bayern Munich players are going to be like, come on, mate? Join, join us, don't be silly. Well, Uli Hernes has said this week that 80 million euros is too expensive for Leroy Sané. Yeah. They, they could pay that for Lucas Nandez, but somehow not yeah. Leroy Sané. Uh, no, no, it was more like they, they were offering 80 and apparently the, the numbers that Man City is asking are way Over too 100. much. Mm. Which is still weird. Like you, you pay, as you say, 80 million for, for a centre-back and then you just go like, oh, like one of the best young attackers in the world right now. We're not willing to pay more than 100. Yeah. Like, you what, watch, in what he, world he's going to have some brilliant now? games for Germany and every Everyone will say, you know, you need to sign them up, and I'm sure they'll find some money in their pockets. Mm. I mean, City don't need money, 
So I'm not quite sure why they're being so pedantic. They either want them everybody or they else, don't. Everybody else demands big fees from City, so why should they not? And also, you know? that's what it's worth. Like, like if you look at the transfer yeah. right now, he's not worth 80 million. Like he's yeah. If City want to keep him, they'll keep him. And if they don't, they'll get rid of him. And I don't think they need to be so arsy about it. But as you I said, <laughs> if, if other people are no charging, the nice guys. If other people are charging, City yeah, would be like, no. Why wouldn't they? Why I want it. I want it. I want it all in singles as well. In ten but identical briefs. For that money, like if they need to replace him as well, mm. and, you know, yeah. even if they don't sell Sana, they can still replace him just with other money, <laughs> yeah. But you know, financial for players, oh, okay. yeah, that's they, true. They, 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 need least, yeah. <laughs> they need at least to pretend that there's money coming in. <laughs> I, think, I think City will be okay without them, funnily enough. Uh, well, we've also got the Women's World Cup kicking off in France this weekend. Is it just me, or does it feel like there's more interest in this tournament than previous women's tournaments? It feels like there's a sort of real, yeah, definitely. buzz about this one, mm. I think, especially back home in England there mm. seems to be a real yeah. buzz about it helps also that England have got a really good team at the moment mm-hmm. they sort of they're one of the favourites they've got high profile man- uh, high profile manager Phil Neville um, it's the only time I've ever heard the words high profile <laughs> yeah. Phil Neville <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's true but then also like there just seems to be a lot more exposure on social media. England have got some really good players like Nikita Paris, Tony Duggan, Georgia Stanway. Mm. Um, and and the quality of the football is really, really good as well. So, yeah, it should be a really, really interesting tournament. I think it's like overall around Europe, it's really expanding because so many players are making the move abroad as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of... There's a real interest, especially when it sounds, you know... It sounds kind of much like the men's game, but when the biggest teams are in the biggest games, you know, like Manchester City and Barcelona are some of the biggest players, there is always going to be more interest. Um, as you say, you know, Nikita Paris has left City, moved to Lyon. Gone to Lyon, yeah. Um, um, Tony Duggan's at Barcelona. At Barcelona. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of bringing in, especially with such a big uh, marketing country like America involved as well. Mm. Wherever the US goes, you know, news and advertisement is bound to follow so I, I think it's really interesting I think the quality is really high as well mm-hmm. um, and yeah especially in England with Phil Neville from the men's game yeah there was like a, there was really a big documentary big. on the BBC in midweek sort of about their journey to the World Cup oh really um, yeah England have, they beat Denmark and then they lost to New Zealand in their um, pre-tournament friendlies so mixed results but they've got a tough group Scotland Argentina and Japan, Japan yeah. Um, but yeah I think the England team are confident mm. it seems to me like it's going to be between America England and France yeah. maybe um, so yeah it should be really really exciting and in, in this free summer yeah. you know all eyes are on, yeah. on the women's World I Cup think having there, the women's so. Ballon d'Or as well this year yeah. really sort of brought it up um, which is a shame that she's not yeah, she's not playing for, for yeah. Norway yeah. but it sort of brought it up to a similar level and they're sharing the stage and you know, I think it's really good I'll be watching for sure yeah I me think, too yeah. I think it's also that the FIFA is just investing more into it now because yeah. it's, it's the last kind of untapped revenue potential that they yeah. have because the men they just can't play anymore like, you just can't have them be like oh let's have another tournament like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like okay let's let's just kind of see okay where do we have potential it's yeah. okay the women's football is mm. still not being like in the sense of the word like, exploited enough kind of like for, yeah. for money versus like, okay let's let's promote that let's get that out there and then we have more games more interest more things we can sell to the fans like so they like, to see England. some of the, the crowds that pe- that women's uh, yeah. domestic games yeah. been getting in Spain and stuff like that was it Atletico Madrid got like 50 odd thousand for mm. a women's game last year and stuff like and they're that. using all, all the top stadiums in uh, mm. in Liga yeah. and yeah. to see England get one over Scotland is always great so 
was a nice idea that the German goalkeeper, she was saying that like, DFB, for example, because like, we are, like, Germany is slagging behind when it comes to like, professionalizing the, the women's mm. football. But like, just make it mandatory for uh, the, the teams that are on the first Mm. the pro leagues to have a pro women's football team yeah. I think I know you have that in, in England now but yeah, yeah. Um, like just make it mandatory they, they have all the money they can then maybe some money can be not go into wages for players but actually be you know spread the last ones to join was Man United hmm. they were the last ones to join last season yeah they just got promoted to the yeah. Super League as yeah. well yeah. So, uh, during the Champions League final Andy Lord on Twitter said if I see anyone complain about the standard of football in the Women's World Cup I'm going to point them directly to this utter shit show of a football match <laughs> yeah. so, that's very point. true remember Remember that, remember that. And on that bombshell, we'll leave it there. That's all for the season. Thank you very much uh, for listening, everybody. Uh, Thank you to Matt, Helga and Alex for joining me today. Uh, We'll be back just before the start of next season, so have a great summer and we'll see you then.